Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast, future podcast, should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD, PayPal, and Costco. Thank you. All right, uh, today is a bit of a speed run. Uh, I have to go uh, wrestle people in about 30 to 40 minutes, so you know that if I'm if I'm gonna be late to wrestling, if we're not done in 30 or 40 minutes. Anywho, um, blah, 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 what are we talking about? Okay, so earnings. Uh, earnings for uh, next week, uh, I'd say is like the last bit of the really important uh, companies that to report. Uh, on Monday, there is Activision Blizzard. Uh, on Tuesday, which I, especially for me, the most important day for my portfolio is AMD and PayPal uh, reporting on Tuesday. Uh, you have Moderna and Robinhood, as well as CVS on Wednesday. And you have AMC, Twilio, Datadog, and Cloudflare for Thursday. And for Friday, you have DraftKings. When I say huge, I mean huge. Uh, about half of my portfolio is in AMD and PayPal. Um, I've worked really hard over like the last month and a half to two months, uh, getting my cost basis lowered. Um, if AMD beats and there's any sort of like spike in price, uh, I'll be selling about like five covered calls and I'll be looking at exiting my entire AMD position for green. Uh, I remember like at times my AMD position was down like 20K and it's like really crazy having gone through all this crazy price action and getting a chance to break even on AMD. Um, and then same goes for PayPal. While I won't probably be breaking even, even if PayPal has a stellar earnings report, it will feel good being able to hold it just a little bit with a little bit more confidence. Um, for the next few months. Uh, PayPal has had like a really tough time like just proving to investors they know what they're doing. But their balance sheet is just really good. And I'd say that's like their saving grace right now. PayPal is not a risky business. It's just deemed to grow slower than before. Like that's like the, the main gist of PayPal that I'll give everyone that's not familiar with PayPal. Um, and of course, people will be looking at AMC. AMC is probably one of the biggest meme stocks um, to ever exist on Wall Street Bets, up there with uh, GameStop. Uh, I actually glossed over two companies that also report on Thursday, and that includes Block and Carvana, Block formerly known as Square. Carvana is an interesting company just to look at too because they'll give you a lot of insight into the used car market. The used car market was uh, was a pretty big bubble uh, as inflation was ticking up, um, and now uh, you know given that the prices of used cars are starting to cool off or correct, Carvana should be hit by that, and so we will see um, just how they report and what they report on used car sales. AMD reporting also on Tuesday is a pretty big deal. Uh, we just saw today's headline uh, that AMD's market cap uh, passed Intel's, which is a pretty big step for the company. Uh, it shows that Lisa Sue was able to turn the ship around and really get things going. Uh, I'm particularly going to be interested in if they're going to um, reiterate their like full year guidance, see if that's still on the table. Uh, because Micron really, really scared the market there. Uh, but as we're seeing with Texas Instruments 
and uh, TSMC, that varies company to company how well you're doing as a semiconductor business. And just quickly moving on to the new ThetaGain.com website updates, there's notably two small changes that I completed this week. Um, one being that trades should be a little bit easier to input correctly. If you put numbers into, say, like the, uh, the symbol field or like which ticker you're trading, uh, it won't let you continue unless if it's, um, you know, one without really like a, that's a number. A lot of people have been uh, finding themselves, at least the ones that have been inputting them wrong, accidentally putting in the price field where they should be inputting the ticker. Uh, I thought that maybe inputting or not inputting, but showing or rendering the trade on the bottom would prevent this type of mistake because as you pencil things in or as you like log your trade, you get to see the preview below. But I guess people are just getting used to seeing the preview on the bottom. So right now I'm kind of thinking of ways how I can maybe introduce a new way to look at a preview, maybe put the preview on top so that maybe it catches your eye just a little bit more. But I also have to be cognizant of it uh, working properly on mobile too. Another change that happened this week was a change in the streak algorithm, uh, the algorithm that tracks how many times you've consecutively uh, you know, visited the ThetaGating.com website um, in a row. Uh, you get a streak if you log in three days or more in a row and then that sequentially goes up uh, per day you log in. Uh, weekends do count as well, so you do have to log in uh, over the weekend at least once um, to you know, keep the streak going. But there was previously a bug where it would like accidentally reset. I fixed the algorithm, so resetting of streaks, at least um, you know, due to a bug, um, is gone now. So I apologize for anyone's streaks that got reset, but uh, yeah, got the change in and I'm happy that I got in. All right, and similar to last week, I just have like a, a list of earnings recaps that I kind of like gathered throughout the week so you don't have to. Um, a lot of you uh, also keep track of earnings yourselves or you guys and girls like listen to earnings. Uh, this is just a summary of all the earnings that were important to me um, and some points. So if you like this type of information, if you want to hear more about this type of information or aggregation that I do for you, uh, email me at juniathetagain.com or you know shout me out on Twitter and say like this is a good episode format or just like contact me in general in however way you can uh, and let me know that this show structure is good. Um, otherwise, maybe we go back into episode topics. But for right now, I'm keeping uh, like a sort of like current events sort of um, format for the podcast. First things first, uh, Texas Instruments, uh, which is a semiconductor company, beat on earnings per share and revenue expectations. And NVIDIA and AMD were up after hours. This was generally bullish for the semiconductor industry. Um, Micron and Intel didn't see that much movement um, up after hours, but AMD and NVIDIA did. A lot more eyes are on NVIDIA and AMD, and AMD is set to report next week. So I'm very excited for that. That's on Tuesday after hours, and uh, hopefully they'll have similar, um, similar reporting uh, as Texas Instruments. The next company that caught my eye uh, was Visa. Visa beat earnings expectations and revenue expectations. Uh, it sees no slowdown of consumer demand. So it's like a pretty big deal when a huge credit company like Visa says things like that. It's almost like if Jerome said it himself um, or if the FOMC or the Fed uh, said it themselves. Visa seeing no slowdown of consumer demand is good. 
Although prices might be increased because of inflation, people are still spending uh, what they've been currently spending. Another point that Visa wanted to share is that it's summer and people are traveling. Visa sees more outside of the U.S. card spend. So more transactions outside of the U.S. are happening. And this is great news because it means that the consumer is basically comfortable enough to go traveling and go spend money uh, regardless of what economic state we might be in. I found this really, really cool quote uh, from the founder of TouchdownMoney.com, Scott Lieberman, and he said, whether people buy champagne in a bull market or beer in a recession, Visa stands to earn. So um, again, it just doesn't matter how much higher prices go. People are still spending the money um, to buy what they want. Another quote uh, from the earnings call, uh, we're seeing no evidence of a pullback in consumer spending. And that's from the CFO or chief financial officer uh, of Visa on the earnings call. Uh, he said that clearly inflation is in our numbers and people are likely making some changes on what they're buying, but they're not changing how they're paying. So this alludes to maybe people doing more of the uh, like, you know, buy now, pay later type of, uh, you know, deals that maybe like PayPal has and like of all these like uh, fintech startups have of, you know, div dividing your payments into like four separate payments um, where maybe you buy a thousand dollar couch and you do four monthly payments of 250. Some of it has pretty staggering interest. Some of it has 0% interest, maybe for like your first few purchases or up to a limit. Um, but that's what this alludes to is that people are changing um, how they're paying, but not directly like influencing what they're paying for. A bit of bearish news uh, from UPS. So uh, UPS, the volume of packages shipped was lower in the second quarter. Um, so they reported that packages are, you know, slowing down, but they beat earnings expectations. So uh, UPS expects volume of packages to only slightly increase uh, because of forecasted uh, lower GDP, but they reaffirmed their four-year guidance. Uh, this blend of slight growth and optimistic four-year guidance can attribute to the flat price action after hours. UPS was trading pretty flat. Um, they gave great full-year guidance, but um, you know, volume of packages slowing down is really not a good indicator for UPS. Um, they traded absolutely flat, um, and it's really, really incredible just how, how, just how much option buyers, um, both the call and put side, got destroyed by UPS earnings. Uh, it stayed pretty flat for uh, quite a while, um, and I have to imagine that anyone that bought weekly options for UPS did not have a good time. Um, so yeah, UPS, a little bit of bearish news. They beat earnings expectations. They see volumes of packages staying lower. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to somehow also tie that with Visa. It's like, mm, you know, maybe it seems like people are spending more on experiences than goods right now. Because if people are traveling and increasing spend outside the US, maybe they're buying food and travel. And then we see that uh, UPS volumes and packages is going down. However, they're still beating expectations too. So it seems like to me from what I've gathered here is that people are just spending more on food and travel and experiences rather than uh, goods. 
Microsoft, a pretty big company. Their market cap is it's in the trillion, uh, trillion number. Uh, what is it? Yeah, trillions. Let me let me put some respect on their name. So, two point ten trillion dollar market cap for uh, Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft uh, went up after hours. They reported really well. Revenue and EPS for Microsoft though were below expectations. Uh, their cloud services such as Azure are bringing in less revenue, um, but they, um, they're they still growing. So the company said revenue from Azure and other cloud services grew by 40%, uh, but that's compared with the 46% that was reported in the prior quarter. So they still grew 40%, which is still a really large margin of growth, but growth is slowing, I guess is um, the bad part there. Um, I still like that it's grown by 40%. I still think that's huge, um, but who knows? Maybe some analysts think that maybe Microsoft needs to continue that sort of growth. However, still, the P&E ratio of Microsoft is really decent. It sits right now at 29, um, and that's like, I'd say, like really average um, for a tech company. Uh, for like, compared to an industrial that maybe has like a single digit P&E ratio, this is like skyrocket high. But compared to a lot of other tech startups that maybe have like P&E ratios that are like 80, 90, or 100, uh, Microsoft is pretty fairly valued, in my opinion. Some other note uh, that I picked up was that the CEO announced that all employees will be getting pay increases. So this is really, really cool after seeing a bunch of headlines from other companies about layoffs, right? This is a huge, huge flex that they're not laying off people, that they're just deciding to pay their people more. So this is huge news. It shows lots of strength uh, from Microsoft's end. Um, and I'm sure that had to do with some of what um, the after hours market price was. Yes, as a shareholder, you technically don't want to pay employees more, right? Like you'd rather have that money being spent towards, I don't know, like other things. But this was just a very, very like, I don't know. It just makes you feel really good that the company is strong, which is not what a lot of other companies are projecting right now, especially with all the other layoffs like Coinbase and Robinhood and etc. Um, despite the revenue and earnings per share miss, Microsoft was up after hours uh, because of the reaffirmed guidance. Um, a viewer in the Twitch chat uh, said something pretty cool. Uh, guidance is all that matters because bad earnings are priced in. So it seems like a lot of companies are being able to get away with like a few percentages of like EPS being missed in, in the event like if they reaffirm their guidance or raise guidance. So we'll see. I'm just kind of crossing my fingers for AMD next week and uh, hopefully they do something similar. All right, uh, a bit of a neutral sort of um, report from Google. Let me actually just like kind of um, Google stock. I want to get updated on it because I didn't. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, it's it's only gone up from there. Okay, so um, revenue and earnings per share from Google uh, was down for their earnings report. Uh, YouTube advertising revenue was also down. Google 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 Cloud revenue was also down. But and they also did not provide a revenue forecast. But here we go. So Google's search advertising uh, revenue was up five billion. Okay, so Google's search advertising revenue was up five billion despite missing revenue and earnings per share uh, targets. 
despite missing advertising revenue from YouTube, despite missing revenue from Google Cloud, and despite not giving a revenue forecast, their stock still went up. And so I found that crazy, right? Like as I was reading like the article that was like summing it up, I was like, okay, so how much is Google down? And yeah, Google in the last five days has been is now trading up 7.06%. So people must just really love that Google search advertising uh, was just up by 5 billion. Um, uh, they mentioned that it's thanks to increased searches for retail and travel. Uh, and then I mentioned here that this is a great thing. Uh, I, did, I took a look at airlines. Boeing was up, United Airlines was up, Delta was up. Uh, after hours um, and then you know this coincides really well with visas like outside of US spend so consumers really really feeling like they want to travel um, and that, that they want to spend eating good food maybe that equates to like less packages being shipped but money is still being spent all right talking about Walmart Walmart slashed its second quarter and full year profit guidance so you can imagine that that's not good. And this is not a trick sort of prompt. Walmart actually did fall pretty hard. We'll get back, we'll get back into that a little bit later. Um, fun fact uh, that I found, Walmart was the most searched ticker on Yahoo Finance on that Monday it reported. Uh, this shows that many people care about Walmart and its status as one of the largest American retailers. Which, you know, that caught me by surprise because I was like, really, like how many people do actually care about Walmart? But it seems like Walmart's a pretty big deal. Uh, Walmart's inventory numbers have also been increasing. This is a fancy way of saying that customers are not buying as much as Walmart uh, thought they would. This means that Walmart needs to put these items on sale so that people are more encouraged to buy them. However, this also means that Walmart will make less money on each of these sales, which hurts their earnings per share. Uh, some bullish news though, Walmart reported that they are seeing strong back to school sales. Um, and then like I said earlier, Walmart did send retail stocks down after hours after the report. So you heard it here first, or maybe second or third or fourth, uh, Walmart should start be, start be, start having sales um, for a lot of their items, especially ones that are backed up. They need to start getting people into the store so their inventory numbers will go down and entice people to buy those things that are overstocked. So, you know, if you have a Walmart close by, uh, maybe it's worth like switching out your target runs for Walmart runs for like these next two months. Um, you might get something like super on sale. If you end up finding something like with an Omega big discount, uh, like feel free to email me or like shout me on Twitter with a picture or something and uh, I'll like mention you in the podcast. Like it'd be cool. Like if you found something like really nice for really cheap because of this sort of news. Um, yeah, I don't know, I, just, I would just feel closer to this news piece. <laughs> so Shopify did something quite out the norm um, and before uh, their earnings, the day before, they announced that they're cutting 10% of staff, which is about uh, 1,000 people. Uh, most roles were accounting, recruiting, and sales. Uh, they're also letting go of interns and rescinding job offers that uh, were out for the workers that were supposed to start this fall. Uh, if you remember, Coinbase did something like this um, very similar a few months ago. And it's also mentioned that Tobias, the founder, of Shopify admits that his big bets on e-commerce were wrong and he did apologize. 
Uh, Shopify was trading down 15% for that day uh, before earnings. But after earnings, uh, it was back up 11%. Uh, for those that don't know, that doesn't mean it's 4% away from uh, being back to where it was. There's you know math of like, okay, you go 15% down from 100, that's 85. And you go up 11% of 85, that's not quite back up to 100 yet. And so a lot of people like get that confused where they think like, okay, if you go down 15% and then up 15%, you're back to normal. That's actually not true in terms of stock price when they open and close that day. So just fun fact there, do a little bit more due diligence when you're like figuring out your cost basis calculations and stuff, just like keep that stuff in mind. But anyway, um, there's a big miss on revenue um, and earnings per share and guidance was down. Um, but Tobias did mention that Shopify is committed to being operationally extremely efficient, which I have to say would be the single-handedly like the reason why the stock was up. Like I cannot imagine why the stock went back up so much um, because there, I don't know, there was just only really negative news shared. But this was probably the most bullish thing as a stockholder to hear is that if you're like an Omega growth company, understanding that you messed up, you apologize, and you say something like, hey, we're gonna get our margins really good when you have all that transaction volume happening, all those stores, yeah, that's pretty bullish. If you're committed to being operationally extremely efficient, that's a new sign. That's a different direction that was previously uh, on track for Shopify, and I think shareholders are excited for it. Here we go. I have another fun fact. Tobias, aka uh, Shopify, uh, the founder of Shopify, sponsors Star Star Store Starcraft. Oh my gosh! What have they named their tournament? Starcraft. Oh my gosh! I'm totally gonna. I'm just gonna blanketly message that to him on Twitter and see if I get back a reply. That would be sick. <laughs> Starcraft two. <laughs> so yeah anyway get back to the fun fact uh tobias the founder of shopify sponsors starcraft 2 tournaments uh still to this day so starcraft 2 is still alive and kicking it's definitely not what it was back in its heyday when you know there weren't that many games to play and all these people were playing starcraft it's it's not like what it used to be but the level of the game is still really really high there's all these types of pro players and i did some more digging, and not only does Shopify sponsor StarCraft II tournaments, they also have a team, and it's called they're called the Shopify Rebellions, and uh, the team has Scarlet, Byun, and Hearthstone. So like, and there's also one more other person, but I don't I don't really know um, that that player, so I just didn't mention them. But anyway, so Scarlet is the girl Zerg player that like everyone is like super like I don't know starstruck over like Scarlet has come a really long way. Um, she played back when like Stefano was playing and Stefano took a lot of the, like the, the limelight when, when he was playing with his like fast roach build. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see that Scarlet is like now like one of the top players uh, for Zerg. Um, and then Byun, if you guys and girls don't know, is like one of the best Terran players ever to exist. And Harstam, he plays like a little bit of everything, but I have to say like he's mainly a Protoss player. Um, but he also is one of the biggest StarCraft II like YouTubers right now. So if you're interested in learning like the macros and micros of StarCraft, like Harstam is like a pretty good reference just to like learn from and watch. He's really entertaining. He's really funny. 
which like a lot of these pro players um, are not. You know, a lot of pro players just kind of like just play the game and are just really good. Hearthstone is, I'd say like not as good as like the pro pros, but like he can talk and make jokes all while playing really high level stuff. So uh, sorry for nerding out on some StarCraft II stuff, but I am Korean, so I, I, I do have to like, you know, <laughs> uh, play into the stereotype just a little bit here. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, sorry for nerding out there. Uh, I do want to say real quick that uh, Facebook also, Facebook stock, let me see. Facebook went down from what I believe. Um, yeah, Facebook did not do well during earnings. Uh, Facebook uh, missed on revenue. They blamed it on, or at least blamed some of it on Apple's new iOS privacy updates and market conditions contributing to slower ad revenue. Um, let's remember that Snap, Twitter, and Google also had similar results for ad spending. Um, and then uh, they have a CFO that is transitioning to a CSO, aka Chief Strategy Officer, and uh, promoting their current Vice President of Finance to be the new CFO. And moving on to Best Buy, Best Buy cut its forecast for the year, expects same store sales to decline about 13% compared to the previous prediction of down only 8%. So confirming that, you know, that the drive for more consumer-based products is going down, which means that, you know, e-commerce is also kind of getting hit because people are just buying less things, which means packages are also um, slowing down. It's just making a lot of sense uh, right now with uh, ad spend slowing down, people buying less things. Um, but as Visa mentioned, which again, it, it really does help having the entire picture. Like the biggest credit company in the world is saying that people are still paying for things that they want to buy. It's just the things that they want to buy are changing and how they're paying for things are changing. The electric vehicle market got a huge, huge boost um, in confidence uh, from Ford. So Ford crushed uh, revenue and earnings per share expectations. They confirmed they have secured 100% of their battery supplies and need to deliver all the cars they need to build and deliver. That is 600,000 cars per year, and they're on track to build 2 million a year by 2026. Um, and then next year, starting next year, Ford will report results for three of its divisions. Uh, that includes Ford Blue, its legacy gasoline-powered cars, Ford Model E, its electric car business, and Ford Pro, uh, its commercial business. It's a big deal um, when they say that they got the supplies for the batteries. That is probably the most difficult part to um, secure right now. Um, and uh, this guidance is definitely what you want to hear from a car manufacturing company, especially when it's going to like a that's committing to developing uh, more of their, you know, smaller sector, which is the electricity cars. I, I was going to say new sector, but like they've done electric cars for a while, like those hybrid ones for a while. So it wouldn't be fair to say that, that like they're making their new uh, system more robust. Uh, but it's it's been existing. It was smaller, but now they're just committing to going this direction. And um, I'd have to say that two million a year uh, by 2026, that's like not a laughing matter. That's like a huge deal. And then reaffirming that uh, in this sort of economic climate is a pretty big flex. And um, I say that's, you know, really drove the stock price up after hours. 
a stock that took me by surprise, um, one that I don't typically look at, but just honestly caught me by surprise, was Etsy. Um, Etsy uh, is a marketplace where users can sell things that they make um, or build. It's kind of like an eBay, but like cater to people that actually specialize in making things like bracelets or um, jewelry or uh, like arts and crafts sort of stuff. So they beat uh, revenue expectations and uh, EPS expectations by a whole lot. Uh, the ex specific numbers I don't have here, but they beat a lot. And then um, they're also closing um, their San Francisco satellite office. So that should help their margins, I guess, as people are choosing to work from home more. Uh, and they were up 15% after hours. So the, it was just a huge, huge beat. Like I didn't even read anything about guidance, but like that, that took me by surprise. Cause I thought maybe, um, you know, it, back in COVID when everyone was at home, I would think like, oh yeah, like lots of different people think that they can like do a side hustle and then, you know, sign up for Etsy. And that was like their majority of their traffic and majority of their revenue coming, uh, where the majority of the revenue came from. But we're still seeing them beat expectations. Um, and while that might be fueled from layoffs or something uh, like that with this economic climate, uh, it's like Etsy is kind of here to stay. Well, that's what it looks like. So as I was writing Etsy off, um, I don't think I will do that yet. Uh, but it is cool to see that they are thriving up 15% after hours. And they did keep a majority of their gains throughout the rest of the week. And we're moving on to a big company here, uh, Amazon. So Amazon's um, earnings per share was down, uh, but revenue was up. Uh, Amazon's web services, or AKA AWS, um, was up and advertising was also up, which is really great news for e-commerce. It shows that people are still willing to pay for advertisement for their goods. Um, however, it just seems to be kind of they're just choosing to be a little bit more picky. So I'm guessing that they're choosing to be more on Amazon uh, and say like specifically on Google search rather than being on YouTube and Snapchat and etc. where people are less likely to, you know, click through. Um, Amazon also is doing a reduction force of about 99,000 people. Um, Amazon is also, um, <laughs> It also recorded a $3.9 billion loss on the Rivian investment. Uh, since Rivian is down close to 50% in the second quarter, uh, this brings total loss to $11.6 billion uh, for Rivian. Um, Amazon, with all that news put together, uh, was trading up 12.5% after hours. So, Take what you will. Um, maybe Amazon recording that loss, you know, hey, people make mistakes, that sort of deal. Um, but web services being up and advertising also being up, that's like a big, big deal. Also, a reduction in force for a company that's as healthy as Amazon is not that bad as it only increases margins and their company is so huge that they'll, they're fine with just like letting go that amount of people. Uh, not to say that's like not a bad or sad thing. Like I think reduction in force or layoffs are just always bad. Um, you know, it just always sucks for those people that are affected. But in terms of stock price um, and the capitalists at heart, people thought that it was good and it was trading up almost 13% after hours.
Another um, good earnings report, Apple beat revenue and earnings per share expectations. Apple provided upbeat guidance, and Tim Cook was quoted saying, in terms of an outlook in aggregate, uh, we expect revenue to accelerate in the September quarter despite seeing some pockets of softness. So Apple, during this economic climate, still beat revenue and earnings per share expectations. That showed a little bit more confidence from the shareholders. Um, and uh, the stock was trading 2.5% up after hours. Um, this is good. So people are still willing to uh, shell out for the iPhone. People are still willing to shell out for just Apple products um, despite the economic climate and the fact that they're um, you know maintaining their guidance uh, is pretty good, uh, I have to say. Not a lot whole not a whole lot more to um, report on Apple, but Apple and Amazon being companies of their size, both going up after hours definitely help the indices. The SPY and QQQ also go up, which helps drag the entire market up. So that was that was pretty good. And uh, we're closing in on the end. I know this was like, like 30 minutes. We're, we're going to approach 40 minutes. And by the way, I actually am just choosing to record this um, in just one take. Uh, I'm not going to go to wrestling today. I'm just going to let my joints heal and my muscles kind of relax, I guess, and then just go harder next week. Not sure. Anyway, uh, the House this week passed uh, the CHIPS Plus bill. Uh, this helps boost U.S. chip production. And helps us uh, compete against China and um, outside the United States chip manufacturing. Uh, the bill is now being sent to our president to sign or veto. Right, the chances of him vetoing this bill very low, but it is there is a chance. Uh, but it is now up to him to sign, and then boom, uh, chips are now subsidized, and you know lots of our chips companies in the U.S. get a good sizable amount of money to help you know them do the things that they want to do. Expand, R&D, all that sort of good jazz. Um, and not so good news, GDP is down two quarters in a row. This is a recession signal, um, but in my eyes, this is necessary. Uh, this is the entire point for interest rates increasing and getting a control on inflation. GDP shouldn't uh, continue to go up when it costs more to get loans and to grow and expand companies. So as interest rates rise, it wouldn't look good if GDP just continued to go up as it did previously. Uh, I have a few quotes from uh, Powell that I will talk about uh, next. The last bit of news that we got this week, uh, rates increased by another 0.75 increase on Wednesday morning. Uh, Powell, uh, when asked if we are in a recession, uh, pointed out two really important things I wanted to uh, just kind of relay here. Um, Powell said that we had 5.5% growth last year, uh, and that's a whole lot. Uh, and that employment is now at 3.6%, which is a 50-year low. And just to quickly talk about that 5.5% growth um, the last year point, um, it doesn't make sense to expect inflation to go down because of the interest rate hikes and to continue that growth, right? Like the interest rates are there to combat inflation, um, but you know, in combating inflation, you're also combating growth. So yes, we went down two quarters in a row 
And you know, you see a lot of memes right now about how changing the definition of a recession doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that we're not in a recession. And I don't know. You know, rules are subject to change. We had no problems in changing a lot of the rules that we had for like e-commerce and like um, I don't know, just all the laws now of like crypto and all all these new concepts that have been going on. To think that like a recession is happening right now doesn't really, I don't know, it just doesn't really feel anywhere near as bad as like 08, uh, where there was like somebody, something fundamentally wrong and you know, the government took a lot longer to react. Um, this time around, um, we have still booming huge businesses like Amazon and Apple still doing you know well like there's no sign from like again from visa saying that there's change in consumer spending um ad revenue might be down and yes there are like some layoffs happening but that's very contextual too like a lot of friends in my immediate circle have been laid off um i wouldn't say like a whole bunch but it's like maybe six or seven um, but they've, they've been able to find jobs or at least they're close to closing in a job already. Like, um, unemployment being at its uh, 50 year low at 3.6%. I can absolutely believe that despite hearing all of this layoff news, but this is why it's also important to have all the data, right? Like it's easy to get caught in like the black pill where like you think that the whole entire world is like doom and gloom. But, you know, hearing the guidance from Visa has really helped me just like kind of understand where we are in the market. And then hearing all the other companies that I talked about in this specific episode also say things that like agree with Visa statements was really, really um, helpful for me. Um, And so as I have this last point here. The Fed also for the first time since the rate hikes has acknowledged that the hikes have caused the economic conditions to soften. So other people had some takes on this phrase. Um, I have my own take. Uh, I thought like, at first I was thinking like, wow, this is super obvious. Like why like, why would anyone make a big deal out of this? This seems so, so not important, right? Again, I'm gonna read, just read it just one more time. The Fed, for the first time since the rate hikes uh, have started, has acknowledged that the hikes have caused the economic conditions to soften. So I wrote here, duh, it seems obvious, uh, but it's a big deal because when they say that, it's because they observe it, and AKA they're not just feeling it. So they have data to show that the economy is softening and the rate hikes are quote, working. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see it. Um, we have potential for smaller rate hikes in the future, which would be very bullish sentiment because it would show that we're back on track. So the sentiment is definitely shifting. Um, and just to top off everything that I've said, because I don't want to lead anybody in any sort of direction, whether it's the correct direction or the wrong direction. I don't care which way you walk or run. It, like I'm just trying to keep you safe to the best of my ability by telling you that earnings are dangerous, by making sure that you do all these other things, like assuming uh, like max loss, like all these responsible habits to get you in a position where things might seem super crazy. Like maybe the world's ending with the coronavirus um, uh, epidemic, pandemic, whatever, 
or maybe the world seems like it's ending because we might be in a recession. Oh, but then there's crazy people saying that they're just changing the definition and, you know, we're not actually in a recession or all these companies are saying that this is bad. But, you know, other companies like other semiconductor companies are saying like, oh, no, we're actually good. We're just beating the other companies. There's so much information to digest, right? Like, and it's so easy to get lost. But something that you have to remember is to never put all your eggs in one basket, right? Like you might have heard me just talk about all these different companies and how, oh yeah, the spending is still the same and oh, blah, 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 people are just traveling more, the economy's going fine, and you know, his friends are being laid off, but they all got jobs. That's just me, I'm one, only one data point, this is just what I see in my immediate circle. Um, and I have to say, be careful of this being one of those really vicious bear market rallies. You know, there's a lot of things that different companies can say. There's a lot of things, you know, bullish things that are gonna start popping up because those are gonna get the clicks. People are getting excited. As more people put money in the market, more people are gonna be looking at the market, more people are gonna be looking at news about the market. So there's gonna be a lot of like click generating headlines about bullish things that's gonna get you into this like mania or this like hype phase. Be careful that this might be a bear market rally that's just really sharp. So the bear market rallies are the biggest rallies um, that the stock market usually has. So, you know, just take that into consideration. We've been rallying pretty well for like the last like maybe like two weeks, three weeks. Um, and so while I'm like getting really close to being able to break even on my portfolio, I'm also being cognizant that like, hey, you know, just because I can't, I'm coming close to being breaking even doesn't mean I need to do anything stupid or dangerous to help me get there any faster. What I've been doing has been working. Um, and you know, I show my portfolio every Tuesday on Twitch at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash real theta gang. Like my entire portfolio, like I don't hide anything. You can see my loss losses for the entire year and my gains for the entire year, it's all there. Um, the thing that you need to just look out for is like, don't switch sides like too often. Like you'd rather just like kind of stay in the middle. Like don't like participate in like bear gang or bull gang. Like you don't need to do any of that stuff. Kind of just like do, do you do you like do the strategy that works for you that's like the safest that you can be while maybe maximizing gains and let me try and make that make sense because some of you are like okay judy like like give me the the magic formula then or are you going to make me sign up for anything to find out the magic formula no i'm gonna say like probably dollar cost averaging right now is probably the best strategy that you can do slowly um, but if you wanted to put on more risk, the best part about dollar cost averaging is that it only stops working if you like sell, right? Like, and if you do it like responsibly and in a small enough increment that if you do it for a long enough time, you'll be fine. But Junie, that's really boring. And I could have known that like before you even said it, right? Like, why would you even bother saying dollar cost averaging? Like, aren't you like the options guy? Like, shouldn't you be telling me to sell like naked puts and stuff for like that maximum money? It's like, no, like that's this kind of stuff that blows you up. But Junie, short puts or, you know, like cash secured puts, uh, you know, you get money if it trades flat or slightly up or up. Um, and if it goes down, all that happens is you get stock. Dude, 
being an option trader right now is, I'd say it's incredibly hard because of all these fluctuations that we're having in the market. If you're an option buyer, options are pretty expensive because volatility is just in general is just up. Uh, if you're an option seller, these whips are getting you assigned on whatever options you're selling. And you know, it's, it's low-key kind of stressful. It's easier to sell options when the market is you know, doing well and it's on an upwards trajectory like it was in like 2018, 2019. Um, and from the, you know, when, when the market passed the rally point for um, the Kronos crash, that was pretty easy too. But the Kronos crash was hard. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, downplay that one. But anyway, um, dollar cost averaging is your friend. You want to probably, you want, you should have started it uh, like a while ago. I kind of outlined that I was doing it um, in my, a few episodes ago. Uh, the episode was called uh, Junie Starts Dollar cost averaging or Juni, what is it called? I, I'm not a liar. I had a I had an episode that talked about it. I'm not. A liar. I'm gonna look it up right now. I don't gotta go wrestling, so I'm just gonna take my time and look. Uh, look here. What is the episode called? Come on. Load Shopify. Oh yeah, it's called Juni's new trading plan. Oh, and then the one right after Juni starts dollar cost averaging, like verbatim. That's what the episode's called. So yeah. Um, that's been helping my cost basis. It's been getting more me more comfortable with just getting back into the groove of things. Um, a lot of that has been just me investing into Costco. I felt like I've really executed my Costco entry really well, like protecting myself at all times. Um, and then, yeah, I have a pretty tech-heavy portfolio. It does feel good to diversify a little bit into Costco. But then, uh, yeah. I have to say that again one more time I'm excited for AMD to report next week and um, we'll see where it goes all right um, that only took uh, about two and a half hours to record so you're hearing this and right now it's about at that 46 minute mark um, yeah there's a whole lot of takes that I do uh, I'm just I always stutter sometimes I leave the stuttering in there because it's like my eighth time saying it or like my eighth time trying to explain something uh, but yeah glad I got it done um, I was supposed to be I'm supposed to like be almost finishing up wrestling by now but whatever it's okay um, I should have known better to even try to rush it in the beginning knowing that I take forever to record these but it is fun, and I'm grateful that I have a small community that still listens to me. Um, uh, yeah, like I like I always say, uh, people taking time out of their day to you know enjoy fruits of your labor or things that you also enjoy is really really uplifting. If you have not tried to do anything like this, this is your sign for like I guess <laughs> the millionth time. Um, but yeah. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to my patrons um, that help support the podcast and website, and that's Pocket Change, Avrilian, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay Z, and Sumatrix, Pasture Bedtimes, Empty Cans, Moz, Norco, Royal, Mitch Base Seven, Upstream Puddle, Commander Turtle, GJ Wilson, Beans J, Kim, Statistically Random, Mr. Integrity, Driven, Island Bell, DJ Mac Eighty Six, Novlad TC, Mall Man Eighty Fifty Six, M Hayden, Mr. Sneezy, Mino Dum Dum, Grandpa Ninety Five. Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Maestro XC, McFly, Seneca, Mamma Chicken Dinner, Arfman, Load Scarator, Lazy Reservist, The Jester, 
Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, Beta Ray, Elfinko, 4R Team, Kemic Money, RRL, and Ensis88. There we go. Yeah, thank you all for um, listening. I don't have any updates this week for the shirts, but I am excited to like really get in there and start working on it. Um, definitely going to make it like some sort of like limited print run sort of thing. I want to actually uh, go through with like act putting the like, the number of the shirt that's like uh, that's printed. Like for example, maybe I sell only eleven shirts, right? Like, let's be super pessimistic or super bearish on it. If I only sold eleven shirts, your shirt would have somewhere labeled on there, uh, screen printed like one of eleven or so- something like that. I always thought that was like a unique, cool idea. And because I don't sell like thousands of shirts, like it's very easy to do. Um, and um, yeah, that's that. Uh, glad to have worked on uh, Theta Gang just a little bit uh, more than I usually do um, this week. Uh, a lot of what I've been spending my time on has been just like actually trading and working more on the podcast. And so that's why I think is like my triangle, you know, where I can only pick two is like, do I work on the podcast? Do I work on trading or do I work on the website? And so, and then, you know, I also have like a regular nine to five job and I also have like an entire plethora of hobbies that I love doing. Um, But it's all still really fun. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm approaching my three year mark soonish. Um, maybe this year, I think. Maybe when when was my first episode? At least for the podcast. Let me let me quickly look that up. Podcast uh, dashboard, and let me scroll like all the way down. My very first episode of the podcast was on. Um, July 22nd of 2019. Wait. Oh, shoot. Last Friday, the 22nd, was my three-year mark for the podcast. That's crazy. That's crazy. So the podcast has been on for three years. I've been doing this for three years. And whether people listen to me or not, I've been still recording episodes like no other. I'm still here. I haven't blown up yet. I still talk the talk and I still walk the walk. I still show all my trades. Nothing's changed. And yeah, I guess, uh, hooray. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure this could go at least to four, five, six years. I can't imagine ever stopping this. It'd have to be for a really good reason, but hopefully that day never comes. Uh, I'll see everybody next week on the podcast or maybe hopefully on the twitch.tv slash real game podcast that I stream. Oh, not podcast. Where I stream my portfolio um, and you can see my positions and you know ask me questions, hang out with the chat. It's a good time. Anywho. I will talk to everybody later. Gonna cook dinner now and then enjoy the rest of my Friday. Bye bye.